One second. That should not have come up. It says you're live. The video even on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any video. YouTube told us we're live. Yeah, we're live. Oh, yeah, it says we're live. Your video playing? Yep. There it is? Yep. Okay. Um, welcome-, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, guys, to this podcast number nine. Today we have very interesting topics. So our first topic is very interesting, and it is the artificial intelligence helping NASA design the new Artemis moon suit. What do you think about that, Joe? Well, it looks pretty cool. Um, no matter what they do, like uh, it, whether they redesign it and make it lighter or anything, it's still got to be like bulky, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if it's not thick enough, you got to think when you're going on the moon, if you get hit by a uh, like a stray meteorite or something, you know, mm-hmm. like you want your suits, even if it like gets lighter and lighter over time, it's got to have some stopping power. Like you think about it, when you go, when you walk out that, of that ship, you're, I don't know. I, I, I maybe you're going, it's like, you're going on, on, on a range of some sort, you know, and True. you're expecting, you're expecting fire to come from wherever, you know, and you imagine that, imagine that getting hit by a meteor and you're in there. So he's, so this suit, it's supposed to have what a kind of like, um, a repair mechanism, a repair mechanism. Uh, I didn't. I'm not sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. This because this AI man. I'm 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 expecting something like so drastic things to be improved because of this AI being assistant man. It's, it's helping NASA design stuff. So does this suit come with that feature? Yeah. No. No. no what I what I remember is that the article was talking about um uh, how uh it, it'll assist the uh life support system um like so it'll like like wait i don't know for temperature for other other load pressuring systems um it's somehow gonna like make it so that there's like it's 50 percent lighter uh for some components Mm -hmm. so it's it's just going i think it was i think they were using it in like the design but i think they're all it also sounds like they're using it in like the implementation so it's going to be actively doing something but i think it was also actively used to design the suit as well interesting yeah it, it able to see um it's just like the the machine's able to do a process that's a hundred or a thousand times uh more than we can do uh because it uh it, it we can we can sense a lot of things but it's it's like sensing more things faster and also, um, it says for the design of the suit, it would, it looked for different, like our eyes, we visualize a suit and the different, uh, you know, uh, physics related to uh, load bearing, but the AI is able to test, uh, you know, thousands and millions of computations and, and find out, is there a way to make this uh, a little bit lighter and still have the same strength as before? that's the thing these suits aren't compromising strength they're still as strong as before but they are lighter interesting yeah 
So when do you think that this this is, says has been going to be what around 2024? Yeah, they're being uh, very ambitious. Like the uh, seems like this the space um, exploration has uh, picked up uh, in recent years. Um, you know, a lot of uh, partner partnering with uh, Tesla. You know, to get rockets. Uh, like we we the United States had uh, decommissioned our our uh, what was it? Shoot, our shuttle for many years. You know. So we finally got our own again, um, partnering like that. I covered that like a few weeks ago and, and we were, we were like, we you know we were partnering. We've been partnering with the, uh, the Russians for a long time. We were using their launch pads and their, their shuttles and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, people are, uh, looking to land on, on Mars, you know, where we, we're no longer content with, uh, landing on the moon, like 40, 50 years ago, you know, now we're like, let's do we need uh something ambitious to keep the uh the human race uh ignited you know and like kind of like, it's a uniting thing you know thinking like we're landing on the moon or landing on mars it's it, it brings a lot of countries together and it really um it really sparks the imagination that's very interesting and i hope i hopefully that this makes a success on this with that help with the ai I'm just kind of wondering too, is this suit going to be able to support Venus, uh, Venus trip out there because the temperatures out there are extremely, extremely outrageous out there. So I wonder if this suit would actually support temperature. Yeah. As as whether it's just suited for the moon or Mars versus something like Venus. Um, The the thing is though, uh, I think it would, I'm guessing that it would be relatively the same. I'm not, I'm not sure. Cause you think of the moon, the moon doesn't have much atmosphere at all. And so it's very cold. Like, and when you, when you do a, when you do a spacewalk outside the shuttle, you know, you're either on one side of the shuttle where the sun is beaming at you or the other side where there's no sun at all. And I'm not sure what, you know, I think the difference can be several hundreds of degrees, depending on if you're talking about Fahrenheit, you know? Um, but I don't, I don't know. Unless somebody else knows, uh, is Venus colder than walking outside of the space shuttle? If that's true, then yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. You know, I'm not sure if the, there's some, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, it's like saying there's like some sub zero like planet for some weird reason. So maybe like blocks out more, more of the sun than, I don't know. So, <laughs> so somebody, somebody can, somebody can tell us, uh, you know, what they, what they think about that. If, uh, if, uh, yeah, what, what temperatures are in space, right? <laughs> Definitely. And I just wonder. I wonder if we're ever gonna get to the uh, capacity of ever getting closer to the sun with a spacesuit or a spacecraft, like Mercury. Uh, yeah, closer Mercury to Mercury, v- or yeah, even to the you're sun. Right, you're right. You're right. Venus. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I. I somehow, for some reason, I thought V. Like I was thinking like Neptune when I thought when I thought you said Venus. I was like thinking the opposite direction. <laughs> so yeah i haven't thought about uh, the alignment of the of the planets in a long time yeah, if you so, don't know the, if you don't know the, the the alignment of the planets they usually <laughs> always say my very educated mother just showed us nine but according eight, to eight yeah <laughs> they don't include pluto uh. Oh, sad little Pluto or Pluto. I think I, I, I still consider him the planet. I still consider it. What do you think? What do you, what do you say? Yes or no? Uh, I don't understand why they changed it. If they, they changed it because that they have like, do you know why Did they change it? Because they say it was, it's the size of an asteroid or size of a moon. 
So they didn't know what the size was when they said it. I guess so. And they're like, hey, that 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 my and that is the weird part. Usually science is like, we're not gonna call that a planet unless we know there's a reason why we're calling that a planet. But Pluto has been called a planet for years, for maybe even like way back before we even started looking into space. You you gotta wonder if some scientists were like, Yeah, no, no, that's not a planet. We're just we're just not gonna tell the public for like <laughs> They, they sat on this for a couple decades. They're like, hey guys, yeah, it's it's actually not a planet. We just we're we're busy doing other stuff. We didn't care to like <laughs> that was on a that was on a post-it note somewhere, and we just didn't like want to tell you. Like it just it was not important. <laughs> but then all of a sudden we're like, hey, we haven't launched people into space for a few years. Let's give you an update about planets. <laughs> now to be discussed this into the future. Is Pluto ever going to be a planet? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's weird because I think we have, you know, we had pretty good uh, um, telescopes and, um, you know, pretty good imagery of, of, of faraway stars and like gauging how big those are. I just think it's really weird that it took us forever to figure out if Pluto was a planet. I'm still surprised that to today at this point in time that we have high high tech equipment running at gigabit gigabit internet speeds and uh, phones and cameras are running at 4k even almost 10k at this point in time how come we can't we don't have personal telescopes from from for home use to even see the moon and the moon ain't even that far i don't know because you they say they say that you could pretty much fit here's the thing is i'm pretty sure this is gonna mind mind blow you that they say that you could fit all the planets between earth and the moon i don't know if you knew that that, that uh i'm not sure about that there's i'm kind of i'm kind of skeptical about that there's a lot of talk on that in the in the <laughs> in the community they said because they they tell you how far the distance is between the earth the earth and the moon they, they're pretty far and they, you could put almost every planet in there so i don't know how true that is it's just a big a big conspiracy guys <laughs> I I I I have a little bit of doubt of that because I thought like you could you like across. Okay, here's why I think that's kind of weird because I I thought like if you go like the Jupiter, you could put like I don't know like 300 Earths across Jupiter's diameter. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure like you take like three or four of our Earths and you've hit the moon. So <laughs> I'm not really sure about this. This is like I haven't I haven't uh, astronomy. I haven't looked into astronomy forever, but I, I have a feeling that I'm on one side of the fence. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, there's all these cons- there's all these things out there, man. Oh yeah. Oh, so somebody, imagine- let's have, let's have a let's have a, a comment uh, contest. Everybody comment in their section about what, which way are you on this this topic. This is a very interesting one, man. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> if you keep, but do keep your minds open, guys, because we still don't know much about space. Yeah, yeah. Always, always keeping it open. Keep always keep your mind open because you never know what you're gonna find out there in space. Go to the next topic. Next topic is Google brings its AI power smart reply to YouTube. What do you think about that? And also I'll say my opinion too. What since we're both YouTubers and we're both content creators. What do you think about this smart reply? It's going to, that is it going to help us? Is it going to, is it going to turn us down? Is it going to affect us negatively with our engagement to our audience? 
it's yeah you find it hard for me to say <clears throat> anything negative about a new uh a new program or a new you know anything you know coming from youtube yeah uh personally i don't i see it as a very niche thing that you'd have to like maybe i i can't even think i can't even think of the moment why but like maybe you want to you want to do like a positive video um telling how much you support your supporters or something and you want to um you, you just you just know you want to put a lot of positivity out there and respond to them but at the same time like google's ai has to get really smart uh for people to basically be fooled into thinking that you're responding with something that's like unique you know mm -hmm. i personally don't like the idea of somebody responding with a canned response it's it, although it i do okay here's a counterpoint some people do you you already do like i when i give replies to people i try to do like genuine responses right mm -hmm. however um when you get big enough you don't have time for that and so you do like let a lot of people just discuss things in your comment sections like you'll somebody will ask a question and another viewer will answer that question so there'll be a chain of interactions in the chat so i guess there's some things where, where like let's say somebody says hey you did an awesome job on that video and then google reply says thank you or something. And like, maybe Google's like saving you like a few seconds of typing that out and you can just click thank you with a smiley face. So there's like, there's little things where it's like, you wouldn't expect a very detailed response anyway, where it's just like the question is just like, basically they're, they're giving you praise and you just want to like give them a little shout out. Like, thank you for that. You know? I agree with you. It, it, it it's a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, like me personally, I think it's a good thing. It'll help us save more time. That instead of typing all that stuff so we can actually go to the next to the next comment to keep going and flowing with the comments you know instead of just typing and typing away and being automated but in regards like i still think like in a way we should still be engaged without actually using a little bit of ai but you know it saves us more time so typing and everything's already automated you know detects what we should be typing next because the algorithm is actually already knowing how, how we actually text and Facts. I even our phones do it at this point in time. I don't know if you ever use that, Joe. Oh, um, oh, you mean smart replies? Yes. Yeah. My family, we've actually <laughs> we we when they when we first found out about them, we used them a few times like jokingly. And uh now, you know, we all know basically what the smart replies are. So I never use them now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it because it, it makes a um between your family members it kind of makes it like I'm your conversation. You're having not really that important. I'm not going to say something original back to correct. You know? So it's like now, but, but what we did figure out is instead of like this AI um, smart reply, you know, voice to text is oh, very useful. That, so that actually, lot. yeah. And you know what that actually does? Like, we, you know, you know, you know, I've used that a lot to talk to each other. Sometimes there's some miscommunication, but not a lot. I actually would be more impressed if YouTube said, Hey, we're incorporating voice to text for comments. Be that awesome. would be, that would be mind blowing. Don't you think? Yeah. As, as, a, as opposed to the smart reply that people are like, eh, it's not that it's not as, it's not as genuine as, as voice to text. True. Because it's like, when you type out things, 
when you actually because this is the way I remember things too. Uh, when you type things out or write things out, it's easier for your for you to remember it because you're you're looking at it and you're typing each letter, yeah. And you're thinking about it. Your mind is processing the information. But when you do quick text, you don't even know. You just click a button and you don't even know what the hell you clicked or what what the heck you clicked on. And you're not even gonna remember. Did I respond to this person if you use quick text? And that happens to me a few times. If I, I don't even remember if I send a text out because I use the quick response. Yeah. So it's interesting. So it's like, you might not remember your response to the viewer. They might not re remember your response to them because it was so mundane, right? It's so uh, not unique. Uh, so the AI has to get really, basically has to get on the level of humans, you know, like yeah. AI can like beat humans in a lot of things, but can they beat us in creativity? Like, I mean, think about that. It's like, there's so many different personalities out there. These smart replies, like what, are, like you're giving off different vibes when you reply, reply with these uh, automated responses, you know, yeah. like some comments you actually comment and other ones are like, oh yeah, hey, that, that sounds nothing like the person who makes these videos. Yeah, true. It sounds like a robot or scripted or everything. It's like, yeah, is the AI, is the AI going to be tailored to each individual YouTuber? You know, I'm wondering. Like, <laughs> so um I, yeah i i don't understand i i'm that's my little um my little uh sideline comment is i don't know why voice to text didn't come first before this because you do know that like google drive mm -hmm. if you do if you do it on chrome you can do voice to text interesting i, I didn't know you had to use the google uh, browser but you do in google drive uh, like for a word document it's there, but if you use it on any other browser, it's not supported. So it's like Google and the Google drive. You think YouTube is owned by Google. Let's bring voice to text. And that would really, uh, that would actually, I mean, that's, that's the thing. More YouTubers would respond to comments if they could do voice to text. Yep. So there's something for YouTube to think about, uh, bring voice to text. People will love it so much more than smart reply. Definitely. I see. I didn't even know about that, about the smart reply and all that stuff or the uh, uh, voice text on for the other platforms. I didn't know that. Yeah. And YouTubers will be able to look at this in their uh, YouTube studio, which YouTube has been bringing like everything into the studio, trying to bring things that used to be like on the, on the outsides. You have to go like many different places. They're trying to bring everything um, closer together. So it, it takes less time for the, the creator to be interactive. But again, yeah, I've already said what I'm going to say about the voice to text. Well, what about, here's another question. And this is very, this is a very like, it's still about the same thing, but it's kind of like a little bit up upper. So how is this going to, how, I wonder how this is going to affect the um, between languages. Yeah, they, you know, again, there's Google translate, right? Which I use Google translate a lot. Um, when I have different people, different uh, people using their native tongues on either my video or on Facebook or somewhere, I will use Google translate and I will, uh, uh, put their language in and then I will write something in Google. And then I will send that back, back to them from my language into their language and, and reply to them. Right. Cause I can't speak Spanish. I can't speak German, but I'll re if you speak to me in German in the comment section, I will respond in German by using Google translate. The thing is, um, 
Yeah, I'm, right now it's only supported in English and Spanish, I believe. I, I could be wrong, but I think it only does those two because, because like we've like we've talked about, if AI has a trouble coming off as being genuine, they're not really going to push out to many more languages until they can solve it in English and Spanish. Yeah, those are the two common two common ones. Yeah, like the, that's the stomping grounds. If if you can pull it off there, you can you can try other ones. But you know some some people say like other languages are more difficult than English and Spanish. You know, yep. um, maybe going. Go, I'm not sure if if Chinese is much harder um, to do this. Uh, this what is this? What is it called again? The smart reply. Yeah, because you have different types of like Chinese, and you have different types of Japanese. You have different types of. Like even oh, yeah, different Spanish, different dialects correct and of the Spanish, same language yeah, yeah like spanish you got spain you got mexican Mex mexico and you got um deep mexico spanish you know because i speak spanish as well and besides english but and I've, i i know that Span i've seen three different types of spanish or actually four times of spanish i've heard but besides the tex-mex one tex-mex is something that that people down in the south just made up because they were lazy. <laughs> you know how you know how that goes between borders. Things start yeah. start making people make up their own words. I even make up my own words sometimes when I can't say a computer a computer part for telling or telling somebody how to say something in Spanish. You know, on a computer part translating to English, I can't even do that. I wonder if a Google Translate would actually do that for you or. Yeah, there's actually a term for that, but I can't remember it though. It's it's similar to slang. But it's like the the language is being deconstructed, and they're saying English is less refined than it was about hundred two you know two hundred years ago. You know, it's it's getting language is getting dumbed down in some sense, but in other sense, like technical or medical or something, it's going up. Oh, so, definitely. So it's in, 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 yeah, people are yeah we're, we're coming up with so much slang that people two hundred years ago wouldn't understand so much of the slang that we use. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I met some people from from Mexico, and they kind of like come here and they're like, "What the heck are you talking?" And because I well, like I, I speak Spanish, like correct Spanish, but whenever I say certain words, like you know, because I didn't care, and I, they kind of like, "What's that?" Well, can you imagine like this? Is another off topic. Can you imagine if we lived like six hundred years old? You know, like if we live that long then oh man you know all the language breakdown someone that's been alive for 600 years would be like they they're like you guys all talk in a different you guys all talk so much differently you're destroying the language it's nothing like it was when i when i grew up and Definitely. it's it already feels it already kind of feels that way with like when you have 100 year olds you know yeah definitely so so now moving on to the next topic, which is a very interesting topic. Quantum computing and how conditions created by the human malware, which is delivering the best data we have ever seen. So what do you think about the quantum computing and the best data that's being displayed? A little bit above my pay grade, but... <laughs> Hey, it's, above, but, it's uh, way above my pay grade. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's above my pay grade. Um, but I thought it was. I, I you know, you're gonna tell me best data. I, I'm gonna be impressed. <laughs> you're gonna. Uh, you know what was cool about this article is that they were saying that, um, something good was coming out of uh, a social distancing. You know, of us having to be confined in our homes. Mm -hmm. They were saying that uh, there was less noise 
and there was less heat. And so that these programs on these computers can run more stable, you know, like the air conditioning isn't uh, fluctuating because there's several hundred people raising the the level, you know, you know, and also that that comes to with like, you know, extra things being, you know, it's gotta be heated for humans. It's gotta be other computers are on other things, you know, vacuums or vacuums are making heat, you know, someone's vacuuming the floor or something, you know? So you took a lot of um, uh, energy production usage and reduced it so that these uh, there's less vibrations, there's less heat, uh, just far better uh, test results that you normally would have to repeat because you got inaccurate results. So you're having less errors. Correct. Because like here in the article states is like quantum computers exploit the weird behavior of matter. And also the, and also the components need to be chilled to near, nearly absolute zero, which Which is nuts. Yeah. And must be stored in vacuum more rarefied, rarefied than that of outer space. It's really hard to prepare and control precise quantum states let alone keep them stable for hours. Great current changes in temperature and vibrations can easily stabilize the system. That is that is crazy. Mind blowing. Yeah. Like they said for this, uh there are all the, there are all those technical things that Renee just talked about, but it also said that during this shutdown, um a lot of people they, they had to go in like once a week or something or whenever a computer, one of the computers would shut off or one of them would freeze up or something. Um, typical, uh, you know, uh, troubleshooting that happens. Uh, but, but again, they probably didn't have to go in as much because uh, there's less variations going on. And what they were saying is that they, for this kind of uh, research, this research would, uh, it would be pushed so much farther into the future if there were uh, more remote, and uh, you know autonomous uh, like uh speed research you know like research like this you know it was saying if they they don't have the money to do like a controlled environment like what's happening what's been happening right now so they're actually like it's like they're they're, these these places that usually weren't like private have become private and it's like enterprise level it's like you take a research facility that wasn't like the cutting edge research and it's gone that much higher Definitely. You have to pay, you have to pay for so much more um, insulating or soundproofing or, you know, being in a remote area where nothing's going on. Nobody's driving by no construction, no anything, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it states here by the end of 2020, there will be several types of quantum computers will be available through the cloud services hosted by Amazon and Microsoft. What do you think about that? pretty cool uh i the one thing i didn't understand was that uh they were saying that these or was that the next <gasps> oh it was the next well it was either this one or the next one they're, sim- they're, they're similar in some regards um that they were saying that uh uh blockchain was it encryption that was kind of uh in danger because uh or was that the next one Sorry. Oh, it's, oh yeah. I was talking about apps. I'm sorry. This, this article is very long. It was talking about like, there's, um, these apps that, uh, Oh, 
I apologize. <laughs> That's cool, bro. Yeah, I'm like, just, I'm this, just totally confused. This were, topic, were... this topic kind of blows our minds right here. Yeah, it's... this one and the next topic kind of blows our minds. Again, it was totally out of my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you. It's not, it's not in my pay rate right here. So I don't know much about compute content computers. But we could go ahead and move on to the next topic before we get more confused as we are right now. Definitely. <laughs> because, it's, like I said, I have not studied much about quantum computers, and neither has Joe, because that's beyond our pay rate. So, but, hey, if you have any questions or anything about quantum computers that you know about, please, please feel free to give, inform us about articles yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Comment below and educate the the public about uh, some of the things that we've been saying, you know. Because quantum computers is the next leap to technology. It's it's coming closer than what you think, and it's gonna revolutionize the world. It's gonna change everything to faster internet speeds, faster data throughputs, hospital faster visits to the hospital, faster everything's gonna be a lot faster input and throughput, even through the internet speeds. That one of the topics we will we'll be covering at the at the pretty much almost the end. So you'll be fascinated with this new stuff that we're we're bringing out today. Yeah, I mean, if it relates to the other type of stuff with like the the fabs, you know, like the the, the seven nanometer and the five nanometer and stuff, if it relates to computing, you know, below those uh, those small measurements, mm -hmm. if, if if that's what this is kind of talking about, like, you know, they were they were measuring it and and making sure these atoms are doing what they're doing, like stable and like testing them, right? Correct. But if this is helping us uh study atoms so that we can get to like one nanometer or 0.5 you know like because I, I, I like i think it was like at three or three or five or somewhere yep. they said that these electrons are escaping and they have to figure out how to control them yep that's why that's why the the, um, the uh quantum computing has to be in the very cold state they can stay they won't overheat and heat because heat uh, uh the faster the smaller things are everything just starts to just go out and needs to be cool so, so yeah that that's that's probably why uh amd went to the chiplet design because there might be a point where we can't you know right like for the for the consumer the consumer won't be able to go maybe below a certain point but then you know the high tech like the government and the other co corporations they can afford to <laughs> sub-zero you know like these we're not gonna be able to afford these these cooled pcs like that i wonder how much how much money that they're each one of those bunch of computers are yeah like is it at what point does it become beneficial and useful you know the cost of electricity be sub-zero yeah okay let's move on to the next topic a hyperdimensional computing system that performs all core computations in memory Still think this is the kind of our out of our pay rate, but yeah, um, anything that uh, you know does more uh, computations in uh, a smaller area, um, I'm all for it. So yeah, I'm, this... pro, I'm pro <laughs> computations. Yeah, this right here is hyperdimensional computing. is an emerging computing approach inspired by patterns of neural activity in the human brain. Unique types of computing can allow artificial intelligence systems to retain memories and process new information based on data or scenarios it previously encountered. That is kind of crazy. It's almost like having a, a brain. Computer's having its own brain. What and, do you think about that? Well, and was it, um, it's just, 
Well, because it usually isn't it like they're saying, you know, with I'm just going to make the crude analogy, you know, like uh, your system RAM. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's not as fast as like VRAM, right? But yep. yeah, it's 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 just a different level of uh, of speed. Like the reason why you don't do a lot of stuff in like RAM or VRAM or whatever you do it in, and you have like hard drives or or uh, SSDs or something, is because it's very expensive to have a lot of that, you know, fast ram right but if you can do that that might push the speeds even faster so i think it's a, a lot of it's based on uh the cost uh for getting for using something so dense like that yep so true and i wonder how how how, how long it took them to re to build this or how did they think about this hyper hyper dimensional computing yeah, I think it was just they didn't, you know, just the, the the rough thing I would say is that um people are having to be more imaginative with memory in computers because there were so many advancements in CPUs that the thing that was kind of lagging is the memory, you know? The like DDR3 to DDR4 to DDR5, it took a long time for us to go from DDR2 to 3 to 4 and maybe five coming up in like a year or two. So that's kind of like lagged behind the CPU. And then that would really like improve the experience. And also if you're doing it for research, it will, uh, and you know, any, any other application you can think like medical or something else, it'll really uh, speed up things. I wonder if the hyperdimensional and the quantum computing actually are higher than DDR5, maybe like DDR10 or something like way beyond what we as public have current moment. Yeah. You, you've treated my, uh, my interest. I'm gonna have to look up this uh, HDC and see how it compares to the, the current consumer uh, parts. Because I know that the, that the government and the um, medical field and the quantum era and all that stuff that we get all the hand-me-downs, we yeah. get all the stuff that like the right now we at, at home, we're running a gigabit. But in reality, that government and some other places are running petabytes of data, big, thick fiber cables, and we're just running still old, older technology that they, ha they had maybe way back like in, in the early 90s, and we didn't even have. Yeah, and a lot of us are, you know, like, look, read, <laughs> we're watching the internet at like five megabytes per second or like uploading at some low speed, so... We, we need, I would say, I just push cities and countries. We need something like Google Fiber across the whole planet. Like we need, we need to catch up because like most people do not have fast enough internet to really engage in modern society. Yeah. If so, we're going to be moving to quantum computers and hyperdimensional stuff, we really need to actually move into the, into everybody at least having a one gig connection. Well, some people have this very negative view. They're like, people don't need fast internet, but that really makes a gap in wisdom and knowledge and opportunity. If you really, you know, if, mm -hmm. if you don't, if you don't make that available to a lot of people, they're saying now with this uh, human malware, um, this learning from home is really an important thing. And they're not sure when they're going to reopen schools again. And some people don't have the internet connection to do, you know, video from home or, 
they can do it, but they can't do it well. Or, you know, like, like computers or the internet crash or they're on Wi-Fi or something. And if you're in a rural area, you might even have, you might not even have Wi-Fi, depending on which, which, which parts of the country you are. Definitely. You know, I, I've not seen like, is there a spot? And there's probably some places, you know, where they're like, okay, we were going to drive you so far to go to school, but we're all learning from home now. So. Yeah. And with this also too, the 5G coming around, I wonder how that's going to change the internet, um, internet speeds with also quantum computing and stuff like that. Because as to what I've, I've been told that five, a 5G is supposed to be the blazing at fast, um, fastest internet speed that we have besides like, you know, direct connection through fiber optic and stuff like that. So who knows? What do you think, Joe? Yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi is always, uh, always will be slower, but, uh, yeah, go to 5g if it, if it's, uh, if it's safe and people have said it's all, oh, it's, there's controversy about that. Uh, I haven't really researched a lot about it, but I, I think it's safe. Um, but I have to admit there are a lot of things in our society that we allow that aren't safe. So, uh, always, uh, you know, there always will be revisions, you know, might come Definitely. out like 10 years from now, people are like, Oh, maybe we need to make 5g better or something or whatever, you know, cause there's some controversy about that and everything. And, uh, um, but yeah, generally, um, advancements like this are, uh, super beneficial. Moving on to the next topic. If anybody has questions, man, just feel free to comment down below and we'll get to you as soon as we get a chance. Um, Google buys out buy smart glasses, startup North to support ambient computing cost. What do you think about this whole new, the smart glasses? Because I know that the smart glasses, Google glasses came out back way back in 20, 2010, 2013. I don't know if you remember that, Joe, but they, they were kind of pretty dope there. Now, now let's, well, I don't know what you think about with this new, whole new type of glasses with this laser that's coming onto your lenses and you only, you'll be able to see that through your, through right there, in fr right there, right, right there in front of your face. So what do you think about this? Well, I think it has some pretty cool, um, I mean, a lot of them would be really geeky, um, in my opinion, uh, applications. Um, uh, I wonder though, like if you, I didn't see a lot of advertising back when that was, uh, um, really? you know, well, yeah, with that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, what were they, what were they advertising it as? Like you can watch, like, it's like you could watch a movie up close, like, like kind of like they said some like interesting things that weren't like really, you know, beneficial, but like. What were the ones that were like business wise? It was like camera, like you could be able to like, instead of going to like zoom or uh, Skype and you'd be able to do that stuff. And then because you had a, also had a camera connected to it as well. And, or I, something like that. I don't remember too much about it. I just know that you'll be able to do, see your time. You'll be able to see certain things off of that screen. I don't remember if you could see text messages and stuff like that, but now, now kind of this, this one is totally different. It shoots a laser and my, my caution worries is what about the laser and your eyes? How is that going to affect at long-term? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Google, um, didn't they, yeah, they spread, <laughs> they paid a pretty penny for this. Um, they weren't, uh, talking about it publicly about the price, but there was a, a report with the uh, globe and mail, um, about a uh, $180 million deal. So, uh, 
I don't know. Companies have spent a lot of money on on things before that have not worked out. But uh, you think one hundred eighty million dollars uh, there? <laughs> there should be something to be said about that. Um, maybe if there is some con- uh, concerns for safety, um, they could uh, figure out uh, some uh, safeguards or pre- pre- do something in the future. I don't think ne- I, I can't think of it actually being that damaging to your eyes. Um, any more damaging probably if, from what I think, just like this layman's thing, right. Than what you do when you stare at a monitor, right. The monitor is sending lights to your eyes, you know, I don't think that the laser, the lasers or whatever, the light that's coming from the, the glasses, I don't think it can be stronger than what you do for a monitor. Um, but I could be wrong. I just, I just haven't, they don't show anything about it. Cause it's maybe some old, um, you know, 2013 or some other products in the past uh, advertise that with uh, people having safety concerns, you know, you have to uh, inform the public some, if, if you, if you have this technology and people have concerns about, is it going to hurt my eyes? Well, you better show them the science to show that it's not going to hurt their eyes. Otherwise uh, you know, you, you, you're kind of like getting lucky whether the public uh, accepts this as the next best thing, you know, and I can see some applications now that I'm thinking about it. Like if you, for some reason, wanted to um um it's like think of it like escaping your house if you could like have wi-fi connected to your house but you could be out in your yard and you could have that or or, you know seeing something like that and you're you're just watching something or you're talking to somebody like on skype video or something just something to like connect us more with nature where you're you're still connected but you're not connected the same you know that's what the advertisement was on as well, like if the kids go to the zoo and a teacher or stuff like that, they could go out there and show the rest of the class or and and uh, Skype it to the another classroom and then they could actually see it, like if they were actually there and ask questions and stuff like that. I don't know how the the um, the audio is supposed to come through. I re- that part I'm not 100 percent sure. If it was a um like a speaker or what was it connected to be able to see all that? Was it that the do the glasses transmit video and audio yes. too? Yeah. So it's like a camcorder, like correct. A web webcam. I remember something about that. They were able to do that and be able to and do some other. There's a lot of other crazy stuff. I just don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I I think that would be very interesting for um, uh, if you think of uh, like, well, I think there'd be a lot of documentary documentary type of things that'd be interesting about that be like what does it look like to be in the eyes of this throughout their day you know what i mean you could see a lot of uh subjective anecdotal uh oh this is what it looks like when a computer engineer does his day or whatever you know whatever they do like through the eyes of a lifeguard through the eyes of whatever i don't know i think it'd be kind of interesting to it would be actually you know what it's doing it could potentially if it had like that kind of um recording or projecting thing it could connect people um you know empathy and sympathy for people based on what they're doing you know like oh this is what they're wearing this and it's not projecting light to them right now but it's recording them um i don't know just think of some job that you don't want to do but somebody's showing you how hard that job is you know yeah i don't know just educational tool and there's probably some uh business applications too that we've already taught if there was if this was to become available Sometime in the near future, I probably would be definitely getting it and use it for my vlogs. I could actually vlog with it. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, they, I, they, there are some things that are similar to this. 
Um, I actually thought about that. Like there's, there are some glasses that record, um, like they record, basically there's like a dot between your forehead mm-hmm. right here. Um, but, and yeah, I, I, I did think like what you're saying, like vlogging and stuff, having like an inconspicuous camera that you can just go about like, as if you're doing your day and you're not trying to record people or do anything mischievous or anything, but some people don't like to be on a camera and you're just like, well, I'm not going to film you. I'm just going to like look at this best buy object as I'm like reviewing it. Like, like it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like yeah. a, like an unboxing, but not unboxing, you know? And uh, yeah. So there's so many, there's so many consumer um, ways people could do this. And also too, I think, I don't know if this is going to be counting in for into the future or what, but this is just a, just a futuristic deal. I wonder if this could actually help out with doctors in, in surgery when they're operating somebody and they're using, if they use this as a tool so they could use If the other doctor seeing this live, they could guide them through surgery and stuff like that. So basically like more um, troubleshooting. Correct. On, and it, it might not be on, of course, like routine stuff, but maybe like the cutting edge surgery like they're doing something they haven't done before and they really, they want, they want many people in there at once or demonstrating but, on a live, like on a live patient, somebody doing surgery for the first time, showing it out to a class on how to do this. Yeah. And this, and this is less intrusive than a camera over the shoulder or something, or, you know, I'm not sure there might be some application like that. And that'd be pretty cool. Even if the, even that would be pretty cool too. Also, if you watched Iron Man, like you know, be able, be able to spot things and it detects and tells you what it is. If that actually camera could actually do that same thing and help the doctors out determine what things are while they're inside, and what could be causing problems and stuff like that. Oh yeah, dope. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, like little warning signs. Yeah, like warnings and like detecting. Like detecting. this blood, this blood vessel is more inflamed. Like you're looking at five of them over here but there's one right here that needs your attention and correct like be cautious or here or be cautious like don't cut too far this far da, 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 all these measurements with yeah all maybe, that. maybe maybe connected to some kind of like earpiece that makes a noise or something correct like who knows you know who knows what this technology is going to come to but i just like uh that's just kind of like mind-blowing right now so kind of throwing something out there for the future like who knows maybe google's listening and they want to hear my my little opinion here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little well, I mean, noise. Google Google uh paid 180 million dollars maybe uh for this idea and this technology and this company. Uh so let's see what Google does with it. Hopefully, hopefully it does good better than the Google Glasses era. Those were pretty dope, man, at the time. How much were they selling for? Do you oh, remember man, at all? I don't. I, I want to say they were like close to five, five ninety nine. Yeah, or eight nine hundred or something. I know now they're going they're over a thousand, but they're only on beta for businesses. So basically, like like VR prices, correct. And then I know that also too that Snapchat came out with some glasses too as well. I don't I don't know what happened to those. That's probably why it wasn't as successful because the technology was pretty new. And as we've seen with VR, even though VR is a little bit more popular. VR hasn't taken off like people thought it would. It's yeah. too much of a, it's too much of a, a investment, seven hundred or six hundred dollars to get a good like you know the people want to spend like eight hundred dollars or something to get a good one, and then you don't even have like the games or whatever system you have to do, or um, you're thinking oh you need to get a new graphics card to like keep it above ninety frames per second, and uh, 
And personally for myself with the glasses, uh, I thought even without the glasses, I think that the resolution isn't good enough, you know, that I saw like my brother has one. He actually owned, uh, I think he owned like the first Vive. It wasn't good enough. Like I, I looked at it, like, it's not for me. He's super excited about it. He thinks the resolution's good enough. These glasses are probably the same thing. The resolution probably wouldn't have satisfied me back then. And who knows if it would have satisfied me now. You have to have a product that's mind-blowing enough that people are like, okay, I, I'm going to buy it. That's also true. People get nauseous too because they're still int- introducing that. Still a new era, like the like the 40, like the 40 glasses. Yeah. And like people, a lot of people still today get sick from that. You imagine him putting on goggles and actually like moving around their heads and using their arms, and you you get nauseous because of all that motion. I, I did a I did a VR game recently, and it was pretty dope, man. But also too, it's kind of like dangerous because you don't know who's on the other side. Like if somebody's walking up behind you or something, <laughs> you know, it's kind of it is kind of crazy. You know, think yeah. think 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 about that. Were you playing this in public then? Yeah, I was over there at the um, at the mall. We put on the yeah. head goggles. I had the I had a vlog for it, um, yeah. but that video got lost. God knows where Rod, my little baby, put it. Roger, I don't know where he put that that uh, the memory card. It's lost. So if I could find it, I could show you hidden footage of me with the with VR glasses and going all epic on on the zombie apocalypse era. But I ended up getting killed by a zombie. Just heads up, you're a gamer. Like yeah. assassinated by a zombie, so <laughs> yeah, it makes people think of like, uh, what if I, um, what if someone's in my house that I don't want them in my house or something, or what if there's some animal that came into my house when I'm have these on or something? <laughs> yeah, know? I think the closest thing that we got to VR right now, and it's cheap and affordable, is if you uh, use an app on your on your phone. phone yeah. you just hook up the download the game, and then you just put the put the phone right there in front of your glasses. Yeah. Yeah, my my brother before he bought the Vive, he actually oh I should show you next week. It's in it's in the room but behind me. He made his own like phone. oh really yeah yeah it was like it was like cardboard and like plastic and like like tape and yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that era? Uh, cardboard. Uh, Google's cardboard. No, really. They had they, they would send a cardboard uh cardboard and you would just put your phone in there. I mean, that's what he probably like, you know, he probably either saw that or did something like that. Or... Yeah, it's the Google's Cardboard uh, project. And I don't know what happened to that. I don't know if it was scrapped or what. I haven't heard about it in a while. Yeah, so I'll, I'll show you that. <laughs> I'll check. I'll show you. I'll show you the Google. Pro- I'll show you the cardboard. I don't know if it's called exactly cardboard, but it was cardboard, cardboard, something. They were sending you a cardboard or something. You just put your phone <laughs> in there. And it's kind of funny. Cardboard bo- glasses or something. I don't, I don't really remember, but something like that. All right, Google. Was it like uh, advertising? That was it kind of like getting people to get used to their glasses? I I guess it was part of the cardboard cardboard box era, I guess. And that's in a little later that they came out with the Google glasses. And after mm-hmm. that, I haven't heard anything about cardboard box era, and and Google glasses just disappeared. And then just they finally announced that they had just shut the project down. Yeah. But now I've been hearing I've been hearing that it's coming back. And but it's coming out strong. It's coming back stronger than it did before. Because I've been he- I've been keeping an eye on this topic since it's shut down. 
And there's been rumors, real big rumors that it's coming back and it's going to do a really good job in the upcoming because technology is coming out or 3D and more pretty much 4D and everything's coming out really high definite def. So there's been talk that it's, it's going to come out way better than what it did. And hopefully I could be on board on the first project. That'd be cool. And hopefully, cool. I, hopefully you could get in it too, man. It's it will be a pretty dope experience with these Google glasses. Yeah, I li- I've been willing to try them. Okay, so moving on to the next topic. The very big topic that I wanted to disclose has been talk. A plan to redesign the internet could make apps no one controls. That was where I was getting I was getting confused earlier. This was the 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 apps were that were uh a little bit uh oh what was it? I'm getting confused again. But it was basically that the Oh, forget it. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's this one so long. Uh, Go on. It's cool, man. It's like um there's been, it says here, it's a 96, John Perry Barlow, I think it's his name, hopefully his name is right. Uh, co-founder of the Internet Rights Group, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, wrote a declaration of independence of cyberspace, which I did not know is the declaration of internet, in- independence for cyberspace. Did you know anything about that? No. I, I just went boom on my head. Like, you know, I didn't even know what the hell it was. It's a, um, they were weary giants of flesh, steel. It come from cyberspace, the new home of mind on behalf of the future. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, they're saying, um, the internet used to be more of a, it wasn't always, I mean, you think about it, like the, if the government created the internet, it never really was the wild west to begin with. But after that point, it kind of, it, it sort of was because a lot of the people who were part of the internet, um, you need a lot of technical know-how with the earliest computers to be a part of it. Yep. So it was a lot of, it was a pioneer in that sense. But now that uh, most people are connected to the internet in a lot of different ways, uh, you have these big companies that um, basically they have, you know, if you have a lot of money, you can make sure that connections to your computer, I mean, to your internet site, right? are faster than someone else's you Correct. pay for the faster lanes. And there was actually that, that was that huge discussion. Um, I, I don't think I agreed with the way that the, the court ruled in this, but that was the whole, um, you know what I'm talking about? That yeah. was the whole, the 2016, right? Or yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what it was called at the moment, but it was about whether internet speech could be, uh, throttled and do you, you had to pay for faster lanes and I think the way it was is I think that the people like the common person lost I think do you know what I'm saying yeah so what happened with that project that that rolling I haven't heard I haven't seen anything been affected recently besides that a lot of companies are actually starting charging for their own service recently I mean, th- yeah, that's that's what was the end result. That was what was going to always happen is if you rule in favor of allowing people to uh, have a lot of micro transactions, you know, pay to access this website or that website or uh, or we, they control like how much bandwidth or how, you know, 
how much you're how much you're uploading you, you don't have unlimited um downloads you know i noticed that my own internet provider um got to the point where they were they they they, they, they before there were no limits on how much you can download then they went to you can only download a thousand gigabytes per month mm-hmm. and if you went beyond that you had to pay for every 50 dollars every 50 megabytes you had to pay ten dollars so you normally would pay like 60 or 70 a month for like 30 or 50 megabytes per second unlimited and now you were paying like 60 plus 10 for and we would go over like three or four times a month because <laughs> a family of five so you're paying like an additional 50 dollars on top of the 60 you're already paying so you're paying you're paying like twice as much right so we finally went to a business plan that we're on right now where it's unlimited bandwidth um for 60 dollars, but it's lower download speeds and dedicated upload speed but that's yeah crazy. i i yeah, I really didn't like uh, that they just keep charging for, you know, just going a little bit over, you know, these limits. They're like every, oh yeah, <laughs> I think they charge just for every 50 megabytes over. So if I think about that, it was 60 for, it was $60 for a thousand. Now every 50 is like a super premium. Damn. You know, it's like to get to that, to get to that thousand gigabytes, how how, how many dollars is that? It's like, like two hundred dollars or something. I don't know. That was a lot. You know, what I, mean? I wouldn't pay two hundred dollars for internet, dude. <laughs> I'm barely paying. I'm barely paying what fifteen dollars for a hundred megs up and no, down. We, yeah, we never paid more than like two or three times over. You know, like twenty or thirty dollars, but it was getting to be a point of contention in our family. Yeah, well, glad so, you glad you actually moved over. Yeah. So I. uh going back to the article it's you know people are trying to i'm not sure it's actually i mean i'm not against it but i'm not sure i would necessarily be a part of it a lot um they're talking about how these big companies like google facebook amazon alibaba tencent and baidu um you know that they control a lot of the internet space that people go to them uh they people spend a lot of time with them and so they're regulating a lot of what happens on their platforms, you know, mm-hmm. like the kind of, the kind of uh, dialogues they allow to happen, the transactions they let to ha- happen, like the interactions like video or any kind of thing you're saying like games or whatever, you know? So people are upset that these companies have so much power, but at the same time we gave them this power because we use their services. Like I wouldn't want to pay a cent to use Facebook so I don't mind that Facebook personally, I don't mind that Facebook takes my information and sells it to other people to give me a free product on Facebook. Can you imagine like what you get on Facebook is so much and you get it for free because they use your data like that. So these people are upset about like companies like that who are controlling the internet in a lot of ways. Cause if people like your product and they go to your product, well then you have like first dibs on like the more expensive ads and stuff. And these other people, they could, there, there are, there are some arguments about like, um, if let's say you have some radical ideas or something, some people push for, uh, different internet providers or different, uh, uh, website servers or whatnot 
to restrict access to those people who say controversial things with different topics or different ideas or something, you know, like, let's say, let's say they have an idea that some country is doing something bad to their people or something. And some other platform takes them down because they think that's too out there, you know? Well, these other people are saying, well, let, even if we do go and make our own, um, basically our own like network of internet, uh, some of those uh, servers, you know, can be taken down. So they're just, they're, they're just trying to compete. Um, I'm not exactly sure uh, about, I think it was, it was talking about like the speeds, right? Like they're trying to get really fast speeds. Yep. But um, it was something that was, oh, here's the part that I was confused about earlier. It said that um, in practice, it means that um, these apps that basically like Facebook is an app. So they're saying like these apps that you would, um, it's like open source and basically by the people it could be either i don't know changed by the people or does, it's not owned by anybody it's kind of like owned to everybody it says like nobody owns or controls it data centers will be paid in a fee like crypto coins crypto tokens by the app developers by running their code but they won't have much access to the data making it hard for advertisers to track your activity across the internet so some people are upset that they don't uh, that their their data uh, um is um is being uh taken um so yep it's just crazy how everything's being controlled by the markets man it used to be it started off with just little small companies made it global and now uh, it's being taken over by the biggest companies in the world well the good thing though about a big company having this is if there's a problem like they're saying well if nobody owns it, then if there's something illegal or abusive, or let's say something happens where they gain backdoor access to your computer or right. something or what, whatever, right? There's nobody to hold accountable. There's no one necessarily, you have to do a lot of like, um, I'm not sure about, <laughs> have you ever heard of any like uh, digital evidence, you yes. know, courts, right? How many of these, like, I don't know. It was just saying like, if some, if somebody who, you know, down the block, like Facebook is the hoster, you have someone to sue if something really bad True. goes on. Like a lot of things, uh, a lot of the viruses and everything comes like, like you're right. You know, you're completely right because a lot of the viruses that we get are from out of the country. And I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. And um, there has been talk in the past that the government was going to block out, foreign countries you know from seeing uh seeing other countries and I think that's a great idea in a way but it's kind of bad because you got pro products and merchandise and companies from out of the country that make money off of this yeah so it is kind of a good thing that they do have it but there needs they, like I, I see both points now yeah and i do uh i personally think that the the, the scale has tipped too far where uh, our internet is too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think they need to like pull back a little bit and restrict, you know, if, if most of these uh, malicious attacks are coming from one country or a few countries or whatever, I think we do need to restrict uh, channels until the point where we can figure out how to go around that, you know, because you, there is a lot of uh, fraud going around, you know, well, right now we do have the capability of doing that. Yeah, I just don't know why they haven't done it yet, and they do have enough evidence on where it's coming from, but they just don't. They just don't do it. I'm surprised that they haven't done it yet. Yeah, 
I think it goes along the lines of there's a lot of things that happen in, in countries that really shouldn't happen. Um, I'm kind of uh, uh, on one side of the fence on a lot of things <laughs> like, 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 so I'll, t- I'll take a topic that's unrelated to technology for a second. So uh, you take, um, you can, in, in any country, you can buy super, super unhealthy food, Right. And that food is gonna damage your damage your brain, damage your heart, damage all all your internal organs. But we let all these things be on the market, you know. Sure. And if you look at like I, I yeah, I mean the, the the obesity numbers across the planet have been going up for the last fifty years, and like skyrocketing, right? So cigarettes were legal for like hundreds of years, right? Thousands of years, like in their different forms, right? Yep. Over time, we've regulated it more. And it's, it's similar to this stuff until people get really upset about, I don't know about their credit cards or whatever um, being hacked or their information being stolen all on a, on a big t- scale there. If there's not enough push, then, then Congress or whoever, um, I guess they have other concerns that they're, they're working on. True, man. You know, but I, like you say, I, I, I think that they, that things have swung, uh, in the uh, encryption of information that it swung too far to the point where it's too free um, where we're getting attacks from uh, people like individuals and, and, and groups of people and maybe even countries, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I bet you're about, what, what, do we go back to that? I didn't ask you, do, do you want to pay for Facebook or do you like Facebook for free for Facebook for free? Like I talked to my brothers and my, my family and stuff. And some of them, like my, my brothers don't use Facebook anymore. They used to, um, but I talked to somebody else and they use Facebook a lot. And they're like, they're upset that Facebook used their information. I'm like, but how else do you think Facebook is going to like make money? You know, like, do you want to pay $30 a month to use Facebook? And that person like uses Facebook a lot. If they didn't have Facebook, they'd have to pay that $30 a month because they rely so much on Facebook. I'm already off of Facebook completely. I don't Are you really? use it. I don't haven't used it in a while. I use it just every now and then to get on it. Like yesterday I got on it and uh, I get on it every now and then, but yep. I, I usually forget about it. I have everything pretty much automated. Like for all my posts, just automate it. And then when people comment, I just go back in and I comment, but I really don't do much on it. I post some pictures, you know, to show people like, Hey, I'm still alive. You know, I'm still here guys. <laughs> like, Hey, Hey, family, friends, you know, I'll pop in every now and then and I'll say everybody, but I used to be on it every day, all day. But now since I do social media, I really don't like YouTube. I really don't do Facebook. So I'm sorry guys. If you're some of my friends are here, people that I know is like, I'm not on. Uh, it's because I've been too much behind the scenes of social media creating content. So for you guys to enjoy. Yeah. And I, uh, I like Facebook because there's long, it helps facilitate long distance relationships like yep. family members or friends or, um, or, or even business, you know, or something, you know um, it's yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many useful things that they've developed over the time, but um, again, I wouldn't want to pay for it. Like, just like I wouldn't want to, Personally, I'm, I gotta tell you, um, I rather, I rather watch YouTube ads than pay for YouTube premium. True. I don't, you know, like if you're going to give it to me for free and I just have to watch an ad, I'm going to watch your ad. Like, like I've never owned cable television. 
Really? My family. Yeah, no, my family, we've always had, look, we, we, you need the internet, right? So we pay, so our inter, our cable internet, our cable television was internet. So you get like, we had like start up with dial up and then you went to like, we, we skipped DSL and went to cable. Right. But we get, you know, channel five, channel two, channel 29, all that stuff. I've been growing up on that for like the last 32 years of my life. And then we just, right now we're, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, when you have the internet, you have access to a lot of different outlets. The internet, the internet, in my opinion, basically got rid of the, the need for um, cable television. And now I don't, I don't pay for cable television. I just, everything I stream online. Yeah. And like, what, what, like, what do you use that? Um, that's, are they, what do they stream? Cause uh, I just use whatever I could find on the web. Yeah. Cause like, you know, sometimes like, you know, you like, there's so much to like binge watch of old things, right. you know? Uh, I've used to use Netflix, but I got away from Netflix. I, I, I got into the red box, got off of red box. I got onto the, what was the other one? Amazon. We got paid for Amazon Prime, so I use Amazon Prime a lot. So, um, Amazon's, Amazon Prime is pretty dope. Uh, I used to use Crunchyroll. I got off of that. Uh, I got into uh, several other companies, man. I, I kept on getting off and on. I, I don't really stick onto those providers for a long time. I used to use uh, DirecTV Now, if you're familiar with it. It's an online streaming platform. But now AT&T owns it. I used I used to use that. It was would be like twenty nine thirty nine a month, and but now AT&T bought them out. So, and that's pretty much the last time I have had serve paid cable television. I haven't really paid anymore. So I just use Fire Stick and I just whatever I platforms I use or my Roku. And I just stream services off of those free or paid sites I, I ever have, and that's pretty much it. I don't have yeah. anything else. Yeah, for paid sites, I paid for like uh, I played for Crunchyroll for like two years, and then I switched from Crunchyroll to Funimation, yep. and then um, and then I'm I'm paying I'm paying Funimation, and then uh, my family we pay for Netflix, and then the last thing I was thinking, oh, you know, with this uh, human malware when we we're all at home, you know, uh, CBS was giving out a, a free month of their online stuff. Oh, really? So I, yeah, this was back in like March or April. Dang. And I, 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 I watched through, uh, 10 episodes of like Picard that is season one of Picard for, uh, for Star Trek. And then, uh, and then I also watched like five or six episodes of the new, like dis- Star Trek discovery. And then after that, I was like, okay, I've watched enough Star Trek. You're distracting me from what I need to do. I'm going to end my 30 day, 30 day subscription early. <laughs> So there's enough people that once in a while, you know, they're giving out these 30 day subscriptions and you, you binge watch for 30 days and you're done. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but yeah, so some people there, some people who aren't me care more about their privacy and their personal data. And they don't like you tracking all their purchases. They don't like you when you're, when they go from, Amazon to Newegg to wherever on the internet. They don't like that you're following them around with ads or knowing what they're buying. Maybe they're buying something that's very private and they don't want someone to find, like they don't want that information leaked. But at the same time though, that information could be leaked anyway. If somebody like got into your credit card company, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's like at some point that information is on the internet. Like I, there's, they're, they're encrypted websites, but if they're if they're all if all these websites are encrypted, 
you know, then how do anybody's information, personal information that's like financial ever get like mass releases, right? It's like, it's not that encrypted, you know? And so like this argument is like talking about um, whether, um, whether encryption can like keep ahead of the curve too. Definitely. So uh, yeah. If you guys like open source um, apps and you like open source, uh, you don't like to, you don't, you, you rather not use Facebook or, or pay for Facebook, uh, you know, um, get on board the community, the community. Oh, it's always, it's always harder when you do something like this to get a lot of traction because you don't have a lot of money and a lot of uh, technical, you know, like there's a lot of people doing it for hobbies. Um, so if you're interested in this, uh, know there's other people like you who are creating these apps that are open source and not, um, not controlled by a corporation. Okay. So is there anything else we else do we need to discuss on this topic? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I think if we, if we can wrap it up today, um, we were, um, mentioned that we have our giveaway going away. Um, uh, it's still ongoing. Um, it's, uh, $15 this month. Um, you can go with the, uh, the gleam.io link that we will provide. Um, it's a member appreciation for a year. We're doing this, um, this, this month is 15 next month will be 20. Um, so you can do that. Um, next week, the channel, uh, the stream will be on my channel, uh, tech we love. Um, and Renee, if you have anything else you want to add? No, that's pretty much it guys. I really do hope you enjoy this, uh, podcasts you know please make sure you subscribe and uh turn on your post notifications so you keep yourself up to date and won't miss any podcasts in the future and also um like joe says there's a giveaway make sure you go do that giveaway uh you right now is the best time to if you need if you need some money you know there's that pot there's that that the giveaway and you have a chance of winning guys like some people are some people are just short 15 dollars for rent some you know, you, you, $15 goes a long way. Isn't that right, Joe? Yep. So, you know, um, gave out, uh, I gotta say just a little bit, um, like pulling back the curtain a little bit, the first giveaway I did for May, uh, I had to go through three or four winners because two weeks went by and nobody responded to my email, but then the fourth winner of that one first giveaway, they responded that morning, like, an, <laughs> like 20 minutes later. And so, you get two weeks to respond. That's, I think that's, I think that's a good amount of time to respond. Cause some people like they, they respond that day, you know? And then the second winner for June for the $10, they responded that day as well. So um, just, you know, you give me your email and I, I, I send it back to you. Um, and I don't do any, we don't do anything with your personal information. We don't, we don't put you on an email list or anything. Uh, it's just member appreciation. Guarantee you that. Yeah. We don't do that to you. So. So yeah, have this is the Fourth of July. So I hope you guys are uh, enjoying your families and uh, you know, and, and fireworks or whatever else you do to uh, celebrate Fourth of July. And uh, for me personally, I'll be I'll be staying safe at home. Uh, probably just uh, watch some Star Trek and and call it call it an early night. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go out to see a firework display. In a little while, seven o'clock. No, actually, it's like actually at nine o'clock, but we're going to get ready about seven, seven thirty, about an hour, hour and a half from now. So, yeah, I guess you're lucky in that regard. Like a lot of places uh, decided not to have fireworks this year. Yeah, trust me. 
It's they they put it. Everybody stay in their vehicles. Firework display. Oh, okay. So we're seeing it from the vehicles, so we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we did we did it in San Antonio last year, but it would we just stay in the vehicle, so we saw we were just stuck in traffic, so we got to, we got to see the firework display, but that's nice. pretty much far as we get to do. Nice. Well, like I say, guys, hope you enjoyed this, and please we'll see you guys next time. So stay safe out there.